Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I am Patrick O'Rourke, and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, he's not here, so I don't know why I even had to say that intro that he like puts a gun to my head and makes me say every week. But instead, we have John. How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty great. I'm just uh, hanging out. I'm vibing. Um, my baby is napping in the next room, so hopefully she re- remains napping for the entirety of this podcast. Hell yeah, nice. let's hope so. <laughs> And then we also have Dean on the podcast. How are you doing, Dean? I'm good. I'm a little annoyed about things, you know. Netflix didn't come out with a yeah. Netflix didn't come out with a new like what's coming out on Netflix today, and I was super expecting it. I, this is the first time in like a year that I've actually like prepped for it, had everything ready, and I don't think it's coming out till next week, and it, it makes me upset. It's like I saw I saw the post yeah. in the back end. I was I was very impressed with your level of preparedness for the Thank news you. to drop. And it didn't drop. Yeah, what the hell? When uh, it usually comes, what did you say? Like the 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 last third, week or the second last the week? third Wednesday of the month. Third Wednesday. So but. my guess, this is not a Netflix podcast. We'll get into what we're talking about shortly. But my guess <laughs> is that it was delayed because of their earnings, like because their earnings just came out. Uh, I can see that. So yeah, I can totally see. That. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get it till next week. That's just my guess, though. I don't actually know. Cool. Well, hopefully it comes out next week while I'm still on, like working. Anyways, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so we're not talking about Netflix this week. We're also not talking about all of the products that Apple just dropped, the new iPad Pro, the new entry-level iPad, and the new Apple TV, which is a pretty boring pedestrian update. We're going to get into that stuff like on, a, on another podcast, I think, um, after we, we've gone hands with, on, hands-on with all of the devices. This week's episode, we're going to do uh, a quick conversation about the Pixel 7, the Pixel 7 Pro, and the Google Pixel. Dean and John handled all of those reviews. John did the Pixel 7 and the Google Pixel, and Dean handled the Pixel 7 Pro. So I'm going to pick their brains a little bit about what are the pros of each device? What's going on with the Pixel Watch? Are those bezels really as bad as some people think they are? So yeah, let's get into Uh, it. Um, I'm just going to jump in and clarify that Pat means Pixel Watch. (laughs) Not Google what did, Pixel. Yeah, what did, yeah, I I was, what did I call it? You just called Google it the Google Pixel. Pixel. Yeah, I was oh. going to be like, John, how was the review of the Google Pixel? <laughs> I didn't even work at Mobile Syrup when the, the original Pixel dropped. So. I wrote I wrote that in the notes too, which is I don't think I don't think he did either. <laughs> the first Pixel? Yeah, I did. No, Pat Pat reviewed it. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I reviewed it. I remember taking pictures of it. Um, like on the roof of the condo that I was living in at the time. I think that's the year before I got here, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I think roughly. Maybe. On that note too, I like yesterday, what was I writing? I wrote, um, I, I was writing something and I mentioned the Pixel tablet in it, but I called it the Nexus tablet. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I was editing it after and I'm like, Nexus tablet, what am I even talking about? And then I, I totally forgot the name of the upcoming tablet and, and had to Google it. It's it's been a long what month. It? It's tech. It's it, Techtober. Is it just Pixel Tablet? Is that what? It's, what's it's it just called? Pixel Tablet, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they've uh, said so far. I I'm actually I really be excited great. for that. Me too. I think it's yeah, uh, I, really I think it's really neat. The the smart home speaker mount thing that they're doing with it. Yeah, I, I will totally get really rid clever. of my my Nest Home Max. No, I don't think I have a Max. I Nest, a Hub. One. Nest Hub. Nest Max. Hub. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, but I think I just have a normal one. Like I got it from the states. Um, but I will totally get rid of that just for this tablet now. Apple's supposed to be doing the same thing too with the iPad. Pro. Apple not smart the... home shit is shit. It is. <laughs> so, <that's not> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Just going straight I, for it. Oh, what, what iPad? What was the rumor? It's like an, a dock for the iPad that turns it into like a home. Apple's platform is also called home, which is confusing. Um, turns it into like a home device. But yeah, I, I would never I would never use it on the Apple side of things. I don't even think it's, I have. It's strange that Google is doing it so late. Like, because if you think about the Pixel charger, like, you know, that Pixel wireless charger. Yeah, thing? the Pixel it's, stand. Yes, thank you. That thing. Uh, it's supposed to turn your Pixel into a like a home device, right? When you put your, your Pixel on it, yeah. it's supposed to turn it into a home device. So you'd think that they're like, well, maybe we should do this for tablets years ago. Um, and now they finally are. But it's just weird. But they didn't have a tablet phone. years ago. Didn't they? The Nexus tablet. <laughs> no. But yeah, but the Nexus tablet that, hasn't been a thing for like no, I know. six what's years. Between, what's in between Nexus and this one? Isn't there a... Not a tablet, but a... Oh, they had like a... Oh, there was like a Chromebook. But tablet. Oh, yeah. the... Um, I have it. Detached. Uh, and it was magnetic, magnetically attached. Yeah. yeah the yeah. Pixel... Was it the Pixel C? Was that what it was called? I'm going to Google yeah, it. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I feel, like that sh- I feel like that should be... Like they should have... When they were coming out of that, they should have also just been like, well, you can put this on your thing. Or the next year, the year afterwards, they could have been like, oh, that was- this. But they that completely was forgot it existed. Super early though. It was like when did it come out? Twenty fifteen. So that was before. Oh. It was before no. smart home stuff really became like a thing that these tech giants cared about. So that was twenty fifteen. Can... Am I that old? Oh my god. Yeah, you you are. Welcome to the club. Wait, what came out when the Pixel Four came out? There's no tablet back then. I don't think. Was that there just was, a laptop? There was a Pixel Slate as well, which was just a Chromebook. It was basically a Microsoft Surface, but it ran Chrome OS. Yeah, I think that's and what I'm thinking of. It had circle keys on the keyboard. And yeah. You reviewed it, didn't you? No, not me. John did, I think. John did, yeah. I, I reviewed it, and that was the last thing, last Chromebook-related thing Google ever sent me because I was yes. not kind. <laughs> they haven't made anything since, though. Um but no, this is what I mean. This is they should put they should have put this on a on a stand the following sure. year, okay. and then instead of just forgetting about it. Anyways, this is not what we're talking about this week. We're talking about the Pixel Seven. Yeah, um, let's get into the Pixel Seven. Um, after editing your reviews and like reading other people's reviews at other websites and seeing the devices and playing around with you them read a other bit people's you, reviews. I do not not. Are you I cheating on us? <laughs> <laughs> I I read them not like so if I'm reviewing a product I like rarely ever look at other people's reviews after because then I feel like I missed a bunch of stuff but if it's a product that I haven't personally reviewed that someone else on the team has reviewed I usually read like The Verge and Gadget all the big sites I feel like you don't trust us with that you're like let's see what someone else says <sighs> maybe there's a little bit of that in there maybe a little bit yeah oh my I, God. I never read that. other reviews if I'm like reviewing the same product after my review is live, I'll go in and look at other stuff and just see, cause I like to see if I land in the same kind of like opinion as other people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't um, cause I'm different than other reviewers at other sites, but I always find it interesting when a lot of reviewers kind of land in the same area of opinion about a device. Um, but I don't like reading reviews before. Like we sometimes get products I later because we're in that. Canada. And so if US reviews go up first, I prefer not to read them if I'm going to be reviewing that product because I don't want other people's perception or other people's opinion to kind of taint what I'm going to come up with when I spend time with the product. I, I agree with that. I feel like it's cheating kind of like you're cheating on your review, like on a test. That's why I haven't looked at any Apple Watch Ultra reviews yet. I'm, I'm probably going to do my review next week because I've spent like two weeks with it now at this point. Got it way later than uh, a lot of the US-based websites, so I didn't have to rush to get the review ready for embargo. Haven't looked at anything. I really don't know what other people have said about it. Um, but yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. Yes, no, I remember now. The, the like general consensus on the internet was like, these are solid smartphones, both of them, the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro. But like the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Pro, they're relatively expected incremental updates to the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. That doesn't make them bad smartphones, but if you're jumping from the 6 to the 7, 
it's probably not worthwhile. If maybe you have an earlier pixel, perhaps it's a better buy. What do you guys think? Was that kind of like the direction that both of you took your reviews? I guess we can start with with John. Yeah. With the Pixel 7. Um, actually, it's it's funny that we talked about the reading each other's reviews thing because after, well, we I edited Dean's Pixel 7 review and Dean edited my Pixel 7 review. I edited Dean's Pixel 7 Pro review, sorry. Um, we edited each other's view, reviews, but we hadn't discussed our kind of approaches beforehand. And so I found it really funny because we both kind of started off our reviews with this idea that the Pixel 7 and the 7 Pro are Google's iterative, uh, their S series update, if you will, um, kind of borrowing the nomenclature from Apple, which for years did, you know, an iPhone 6 and then an iPhone 6S. And they had that cycle of new design and then the same design with, you know, refinements and just you know minor improvements and stuff like that and And they arguably still do just without the naming convention yeah yeah the pixel 7 really feels like the first uh s update for google's phones in a long time a lot of google's pixel phones have kind of re rewritten the the playbook or remade the wheel if you will um in terms of the design each one looks fairly unique um and even though they kind of carry over features and they build on you know, the experience of the Pixel phone uh, and their predecessors, it kind of feels like Google launches something fairly new and it doesn't feel like the line has had much time to kind of marinate and mature in what Google's trying to do. So the Pixel 7, I really like that it's an iterative update because it feels like Google has settled on a design that they like. Um, Some people don't like the design, but whether or not you like it is, I think, kind of besides the point. Google has found something they they want to work on. They've got a solid foundation and they're working on improving it in smaller but meaningful ways. And so, you know, if you have a Pixel 6, I really don't think there's a lot that the Pixel 7 offers um, that would make it worthwhile to do that upgrade. But if you've got an older phone and you were holding off on the Pixel 6 because you know, you had heard various issues, you know, the Pixel 6 had a a bunch of problems with signal and performance and bugs and stuff like that. So if you were kind of concerned about those things and you didn't get a Pixel 6 for that reason, the Pixel 7, I think, is a much better option because it kind of irons out a lot of those kinks. It feels a lot more refined and polished as a device. And that's kind of the main strength of it. Dean, what about you with the Pixel 7 Pro, did you feel the same way? Was this like a, an incremental update? Yeah, like John said, uh, we like we, John is like Timmy in our ch- in our chat. Hey, you called it the Pixel 7 Pro S. I called it <laughs> yeah. the Pixel 7S. That's weird. I mean, that's funny. Like we both came to the same conclusion. Yeah. So like literally the same thing. It felt like, um, and like I'm not saying it's not saying it in a bad way. Of course, like sometimes, like I. I think that the S22 Ultra was also kind of an S, even though they changed the design to make it more of a note. Um, and I also think the iPhone 14 Pro is also kind of an S, even though they changed something slightly about it as well. But I feel like this year is kind of the year for iterative changes um, and to make phones better, right? Like, it's, it's good to have these years, I think, just because... Um, there were issues. There was obviously some problems with the first one, and this, it's this year they're using this. They're taking the time to make it better, and then maybe next year we'll get a surprise. If next year it's the Pixel Six Pro SS, <laughs> that'll be an issue, right? But if it's uh, but we, for one year we can do it. It's fine, and I think that uh, it's good. I, I I really like the Pixel Seven Pro, um, and. I'm. I didn't really have any issues on the Pixel Six Pro, but I mean, this one feels better, and it's it's even though it's a small change, it's I think it's worth it. So let's talk about like what some of the changes we saw from the Six Pro to the Seven Pro, from the Six to the Seven. I know there's not a lot, at least visually, with both devices, but in terms of hardware, uh, John, like, what are some of the highlights that changed between the the six and the seven. Um, so there was a few minor changes with the design that I would like to highlight because I, I do think it made the pixel design feel really polished and okay. refined. 
Um, the Pixel 6, the main thing is the, the camera visor. The visor is still there. Uh, if you hate it, it's a bummer. Um, I like the visor and I like it a lot more on the Pixel 7 because they moved from a glass bar uh, with like metal edges to an all metal uh, visor bar with like a glass space where the cameras are. Um, nice. It looks very neat. Uh, I like having the metal a little bit better because I feel like it's a little bit more durable compared to the glass. I'm less worried about it getting scratched or damaged if I'm not using a case. Although I am using a case, I have given up my long-running anti-case stance Ooh. because I oh my did God. drop the Pixel 7 and I didn't break it, but I scratched up uh, the corner. And that, Welcome that to me. the right side of history. Yeah, good job, um, buddy. But if I wasn't going to use a case, I would feel better with that metal camera bar. Um, beyond that, there are some camera changes that, again, pretty minor, but I feel like um, it's just that continued pattern of, of refining things and making it a little bit more polished. Um, Google, with uh, for years with the Pixel line, they've used basically the same, I think, 12 megapixel uh, sensor. And they kind of just worked it and worked it and worked it with software to get really, really impressive results. And then with the Pixel 6, they moved to the 50 megapixel sensor that they use now. Um, I believe it's 50 megapixel. Uh, Dean can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And um, the Pixel 6 was the first one with that sensor. And so I think there was a little bit of growing pains as Google has adopted its software to work with that new sensor. Um, In side-by-side results, I feel like there's not a huge difference between images from the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 6. But overall, the camera experience just feels a little bit nicer to me. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like more refined when, when I've been out snapping pictures with it, I feel like the results have more often impressed me than not impressed me. Um, whereas with the pixel six, I felt like I was just like, yeah, oh, the camera's good, but I'm not, I wasn't as impressed. Um, and then on the performance side, tensor doesn't really change a whole lot. It's a little bit faster. Tensor G2 is a little bit faster than tensor one. It brings some new features, some faster processing for things like night shot, um, but again, it's not really a huge, huge change over the pixel six. Dean, what about the move from the six pro to the seven pro? Are there like notable hardware changes? Does the phone look any different? Like when I held it in my hand as someone who didn't really use the six pro, it, it felt very similar. It does feel very similar. I'm holding both of them right now. Um, funny enough, I, uh, I'm looking at my my six pros camera visor, and there is zero scratches or anything. Oh on yeah. It. Whereas I scratched the seven pros camera in a weekend. And <laughs> like, it's, it, it's stainless steel, right? Like the the camera visor. Uh, it is a polished. It's, it's metal or some sort yeah, aluminum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That polished. that was one of the first things when you like handed me the phone in the office, like as someone who is obsessed with damaging their tech devices. Um, I like, I noticed, I, I clocked that right away, right? That there's yeah, like, like, airline scratches. Yeah, which I, I have never had on my Pixel 6 Pro, which I thought it was funny. And I had it in my, I had it in the case. Like I bought, I buy cases before I get phones usually. Um, just cause I am so, I'm such like an, a prone to failure when it comes to keeping phones. I alive. do the same thing. Um, so yeah, so that, um, but I mean, otherwise, like hardware-wise, it was pretty much the. It feels pretty much the same. It's a little heavier, a little wider, I think, but um, a little shorter. I don't know. It's it's, it's yeah, hardware-wise is good. I I like that. I like the camera system better this time around. Um, I think fifty. I think the uh, telephoto options are better with being able to have actual five-time optical. Um, I'm seeing better results at 10 times opticals as well, even though it's a, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a crop of uh, of the telephoto camera, the 10 times zoom. Yeah, so yeah. it's a weird cropping system. Basically, I think it's 2x zoom is a crop of the primary lens, and then 5x is just the telephoto, and then 10x is a crop of the 5x telephoto lens. Yeah. 
Yeah, so ten M and but ten XL honestly looks great. Like I was taking some pictures and it was it's uh far exceeded my expectations. But just as someone who reviewed the S twenty two Ultra who which has a ten times optical camera, I wasn't expecting similar results. Um so yeah, honestly it's a it's a good phone and I uh uh, it's not a huge upgrade. There's not a huge lot of differences, but it is good enough. So, if you were deciding between the Pixel Seven and the Pixel Seven Pro, like what would be, I guess, what are the defining features that would make someone pick between either device? Like, I know there's a difference in screen size, but it's the same chip, right? Is there anything else, any other reason beyond price why someone would pick the Seven over the Seven Pro, or vice versa? Yeah, if they want a good camera, you'd pick the Seven Pro. <laughs> so just to to counter that a little bit the the 7 and 7 Pro cameras are identical the 7 Pro just has a third telephoto camera so if you want to take pictures of things that are far away and have those pictures look good definitely get the 7 Pro but other than okay. that the camera experience is more or less the same five times optical you know it's pretty good do you guys have cinematic? Do you have cinematic blur on yours or no? I don't remember. I think so. I haven't really tried it. Um, yeah, it's trash. Don't. I don't take videos of anything except for my baby when she does cute things. So cinematic blur. Well, what's it called on the iPhone? It's not cinematic blur. Um, I think it's, it's called just cinematic mode. Cinematic mode. Yeah. It's 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 okay, and I know there is improvements with the iPhone 14, but. And a lot of people wouldn't care about this, especially the iPhone's audience. But for me, it was just, it seemed too processed. Is that what it looks like on the Pixel? Is it the same, like, over-processed kind of feel in terms of depth of field? No, no, no. It's cinematic um, blur on the Pixel. Is It's more, it's mostly just a blur to your background. So okay. it's, just, it's trying to just blur out everything else and just keep in focus on you. But it struggles to keep focus sometimes on the target. And then it also, you can't control the blur, uh, which is an issue because it looks like it, it looks kind of messed up. Whereas on the iPhone and even the S22 Ultra, you can control the blur on the background so you can make it as blurry, um, like as blurry as the Pixel 7 Pro. But you can also tone it the way down, which is, um, yeah. I feel, like cinema, I feel like cinematic mode is supposed to make it look like a, like a movie, like you're filming a movie. Uh, which I think the iPhone and the S22 Ultra succeed at, but the Pixel 7 Pro just kind of looks like you're trying, like you're just trying to blur out the background. What about pricing? Like in the context of the Canadian market, most of the time, if you want a very good high-end smartphone, even if you're getting like the base level iPhone 14 or or whatever, or, or the base level Galaxy S22, you're getting, like, you're, you're going to be paying over $1,000, right? Like, is that the same case with the 7 and the 7 Pro? Or has Google tried to, like, strike a bit of a lower price point to attract a, attract a broader audience? It's, it's a lower price point. I would argue that the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro pricing is very competitive. It's For one, it's the same as last year. There was no increase over the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro price. Um... And even though the what Pixel are the 6, prices, just so everybody knows, uh, Pixel Seven is seven ninety nine, and the Seven Pro is um, one thousand one hundred and seventy nine. I believe seven ninety nine is really really good, especially in Canada. You can yeah. get that really cheap with a carrier on a two year. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's I would argue a really really good deal for what the Pixel Seven offers. Now, the my one thing with the Pixel Six, I felt like what it offered compared to the pixel 6a when it came out there wasn't a huge uh difference in terms of you know specs and what you get for the money and so i i felt like the pixel 6a was a lot better value because it was 200 dollars cheaper than the pixel 6 which was also 799 when it was available um and it had the same chip it had a 60 hertz display instead of 90 hertz in the, the pixel 6 um and it had the older 12 megapixel camera sensor um, instead of the fancy new 50 megapixel. But, you know, it still produced really solid images um, with that sensor because Google has really worked that sensor well with its software. And so unless you really, really needed that extra camera power, I felt like the 6A was 
great value. And so I'm really curious to see how that plays out with the Pixel 7a this year and what Google is going to do to kind of change up that value proposition to make the Pixel 7, I think, stand out a little bit more in terms of where it sits in the in the Pixel lineup. When might we see the Pixel 7a? Uh, May, likely. Um, okay. That's so usually, usually they announce it in and around I.O. and it releases sometime in the summer. Um, usually uh, a July, late July, early August release. I think with the 4a, it came late August and then there was a 5g version that came out in September with the pixel five. I don't know. It's weird. Usually it's in that kind of summer range. Yeah. I think the pixel seven pro is at a really good price as well. 1139 is pretty solid. I think, um, especially when you compare it, like so you have to compare the pixel seven pro with the iPhone 14 pro and the S22 ultra, um, because those are like the, the flagships and they offer kind of all the same features. Uh, and when you compare it to those devices, those guys start at like fourteen hundred, right? So eleven thirty nine in comparison is so much better. What about like so every every year? And I've had we've had so many conversations about this on the podcast over the years. But every time a pixel a pixel phone launches, and and I think in some cases it's a little bit unfair because the type of person that buys a pixel smartphone is typically like a smartphone enthusiast. So they're often like looking for issues with the devices in a sense. Um, So far this year, have there been any notable problems with either the pixel seven or the pixel seven pro? Like I'm talking about back in the day when the pixel two launched and there was like issues with the pixel two XLs display. Like are we running, running into anything like that yet at least with either device? So I've been covering a lot of the people, the issues that seem to be arriving with the Pixel 7. Uh, nothing seems game-breaking so far, but uh, there seems to be an issue, some display issues, uh, like always. Um, and the, I think the biggest one to me is that the Pixel 7 Pro's display draws too much power. So I believe it was 9to5 Google and then also Android Police, and they worked together. Even Daniel Bader helped out with this as well. Uh, but they worked together to figure out how much each of their Pixel 7 Pros were drawing display energy, um, like dis- energy from their display, dis- and display for energy for the display. Sorry. Anyway, how much uh, how much power it's pulling? Like, the, yeah. how much power the display is using on the battery? It was Thank my you. understanding, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they all found out that the Pixel 7 Pros display, and no matter which region you were in, like either Canada, US, or Europe. Uh, it's drawn in too much power. Uh, it's it, when you compare it to, I have the numbers here. So the they're finding that the Pixel Seven Pro draws in four watts at around six hundred nits of brightness, uh, which isn't very bright because the six the Pixel Seven Pro can reach fifteen hundred nits, um, whereas the S Twenty Two Ultra draws in four watts of power when it's at 1100 nits so the pixel is kind of doing is drawing in twice as much power essentially compared to the s20 ultra which might explain why the battery life on the device wasn't the best so when i reviewed it the phone lasted a day sure um but i feel like it's supposed to it's supposed to be better uh google said anywhere from 24 to 72 hours with the battery depending on your extreme battery saver and i'm finding that it will last me from 9 a.m in the morning to when i go to sleep but i have to put on the charger because it will for sure die like it's not making it to nine it's not making that full 24 hours interesting are there any other issues beyond that that have appeared uh there's some scrolling issues with the display having uh, like a like jiggly scrolling or it's not or it's too sensitive scrolling does, um i don't does the like day one update fix that though i saw some reports on reddit that like yeah so the update the most recent update is supposed to fix that okay um i never had it at all though so it wasn't something that i had to really worry about uh there is another issue i just wrote about this where the pixel 7 is failing to install a google play system update 
I don't think most people really notice that. It's not like a security update or an Android patch. It's literally like your Google Play system like needs to be updated, but it's not. It's not. It's not a huge issue. And some people are noticing that they they can't. They'll have declining payments when they're trying to pay for something. Yes. Uh, that so that's when you lock your phone with your face, right? And that's not. So it's not necessarily an issue at all. It's uh, it's more of a you you need your fingerprint to unlock to um, to use Google Wallet. Yeah, because I was gonna say that that was less of like a software issue or bug and more of a miscommunication about how payments and authentication work on the device. Yeah, so when Google, John and I attended a couple of briefings before the phones came out, and so when Google explained it to us. Uh, the pixel the face unlock on the pixel 7 is is a class one or a level one security thing so it can it can unlock your phone for sure but to use payments you'll need a class three security biometric thing so you need your fingerprint for that so people are trying to pay for things with google wallet which all you need to do is unlock your phone to use and it's declining so it's not an issue because Google knew this. Like this, this was an obvious thing that would happen because we, uh, you need your fingerprint for to use payments and stuff. But uh, I think what needs to be fixed here is that Google needs to say like when your when your card declines or when your thing declines, uh, like a prompt. Should, yeah, like a prompt being like, "Hey, use your fingerprint," or it should just prompt you to use your fingerprint. Yeah. Which, uh, as an aside to that um i've noticed like with certain um more secure apps like banking apps password manager stuff like that there's not even if you use the biometric unlock option it doesn't even offer the option to use face unlock it it just is fingerprint um and that's because of that difference in security clearance for lack of a better word um with face unlock basically only being a tool to unlock your your lock screen it's funny though because I'm pretty sure Samsung does the same thing. I'm not I don't quote me, but I'm almost one hundred percent sure Samsung does the same thing. But when you uh, you need to when you use in Samsung Pay, you need to swipe up from the bottom and to unlock the the feature, right? And then you'll only see that swipe up if you've used your fingerprint sensor to unlock the phone. Um. So it was, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Samsung, Samsung's doing what Google should be doing, where it's like, it shouldn't allow you to try to pay for something without using your fingerprint sensor. But because how Google Pay works, where you, all you need is your phone to be unlocked, um, it's not working well. I think one of the main takeaways with this is there are maybe less issues with the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro than in the past. There, there are still some issues. Um, and I'll also note that like the the display stuff seems to be mainly affecting the Pixel 7 Pro. I haven't noticed anything on my Pixel 7. And in fact, the Pixel 7 display is kind of the first good small pixel display we've had from Google um, in that it fixes a lot of weird issues that other Pixel small Pixel phones have had with like at lower brightnesses, uh, gray tones being tinted green or, or purple in some cases. Um, but yeah, mo most of the issues that have come out so far have primarily affected the 7 Pro and they seem to be f relatively minor issues connected to the display that hopefully Google will be able to resolve with uh, a software update in the future. So changing gears a little bit, because I know we're a little more slightly short on time. John, you handled our Pixel Watch review. I personally was pretty excited for the Pixel Watch. I totally forgot to take a look at it when you had it in the office yesterday. I'm realizing that now, which I'm very sad about. I'll have to check it out next week. But one of like when I first saw the renders of it, like the more detailed officially revealed renders, I was very disappointed. Like I thought that it looked awful. I thought that the bezels, I guess it was the leaked renders actually that I saw. I thought that the bezels looked awful. But then when I edited your review, you were super positive about it. And you said that the bezels really aren't that big of an issue and that the UI does a great job of hiding them, particularly on the, the, the black Pixel Watch. H how do you feel about the bezels on the Pixel Watch now? Do you think it's that big of a deal or is it something that 
um, people have kind of overblown in some respects. Yeah, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. First, I'll say the bezels are big, right? They're 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 large, um, especially in comparison to other watches. But I think it's a little bit overblown. So compared to the Apple Watch, yeah, the bezels are fairly sizable. But compared to other Wear OS watches like the the Galaxy Watch, I don't think it's as that big a deal, especially because a lot of the Galaxy watches have that like dial around the display for twisting and turning and navigating the 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 watch um yeah like they're big but you really don't see them in in the way that you use the pixel watch um i found that to actually see where the screen ends and and the bezel begins you really need to look at it in certain angles with certain lighting to kind of highlight that difference and a lot of the watch faces and a lot of the Wear OS interface itself is kind of designed in such a way that it fades out at the edges. So it looks like the display just kind of melds into the edges of the watch. And it it really, I think it looks pretty nice. Yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit of a bigger display. But uh, even with a bigger display, like I don't think it would really revolutionize the experience of using the Pixel Watch that much because it's a watch. It's going to have a tiny screen, you know. An extra What's the ring experience? Of... Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say an extra ring of pixels around the edge is not going to make or break the experience of using the watch. What's the experience with Wear OS? Like, um, actually, is it still called Wear OS? What's the? Yep, it's Wear OS three. The Pixel Watch specifically is running three point five. Um, and I wrote yesterday a lot of the. Well, Fossil's Gen 6 watch, which runs on the Snapdragon where actually it might not be where the Snapdragon 4100 chip, uh, it has Wear OS 3.2. And I think that's also what's on the Galaxy Watch 5. Anyway, there, there's a couple different versions of Wear OS 3 out there floating around, but there's not any real significant difference between them. Um, anyway, that's, that's all besides the point. Wear OS 3... I think is a fairly solid improvement. Um, I used Wear OS 2 on the Fossil Gen 6 uh, earlier this year. Um, and I was really disappointed in Wear OS 2 um, because it felt like it hadn't really changed significantly from previous versions when it was Android Wear. I think before the Fossil Gen 6, the last Android based smartwatch that I used was the LG G Watch, which was one of the first Android Wear smartwatches to ever launch uh, back in 2014. And I used that for several years through several several updates and iterations of uh, Android Wear. Um, and a lot of my frustrations and issues with that software and that watch were still present on Wear OS 2, but a lot of those have also been addressed with Wear OS 3. Um, and so generally using the Pixel Watch, the software feels fairly smooth. Um, I don't notice a lot of lag or jitter. Um, there are a couple instances where I do, for example, responding to text messages on the watch, whether I do it with voice or keyboard, there's like this animation that plays when you tap the send button and it almost always glitches out. So I don't know if that's like a performance thing or if that's just like a weird software bug, but it's just the animation that just kind of plays really jankily and the actual function seems to work fine. Um, but yeah, generally it feels pretty good. I've seen some other people who have tried doing like a Fitbit workout at the same time as navigating with Google Maps running into issues where um, one of the two apps would kind of close and stop doing what it was supposed to be doing. Um, I haven't put it through anything as rigorous as that yet. Um, so, you know, that's probably a problem, but I would imagine that most watches would struggle to do heavy multitasking um, just because, you know, most watches have like what, one or two gigs of RAM. It's... What chip does it have? Like who makes the chip? Is it Samsung? Yeah. So Pixel Watch has a Samsung Exynos chip. I don't remember which one, but it's a couple years old compared to what's available currently in um... the Galaxy Watch series. Yeah. Um, so performance could definitely be better with a newer chip. Um, that said, Samsung's Exynos wearable chips are fairly, I would say, ahead of what Qualcomm is doing. 
because Qualcomm's 4100 is like a remake of whatever the previous one was 3100 yeah. or something like that. And that itself was like an six-year-old smartphone chip that they tweaked heavily into a wearable chip. So there hasn't really been a good wearable offering from Qualcomm so far. Um, and Samsung's Exynos stuff is pretty decent. I don't think it stacks up to Apple's wearable chips because, um, you know, Apple does what Apple does and they just pour a ton of money into their silicon and make really top-notch chips. Um, that's a little bit more difficult to compete with from, you know, Qualcomm and Samsung where they have to make chips more at scale and with like a cheaper cost to make them more economical. So speaking of Apple, like I, I was interested in this just from like a tech enthusiast perspective, but like one of the angles with the Pixel Watch that I particularly care about as an Apple Watch user is like, I really think that the Apple Watch has stagnated to some extent. Um, like Apple has no reason to push the smartwatch medium forward because um, its competition is really just Samsung, right? Um, and I think most people would agree that the Apple Watch is better than Samsung's uh, wearable line. Does this move the needle at all? Like, is this putting any pressure on Apple to like not just release the same watch next year with a slightly better processor? Because that's what they've done really since the release of arguably the five or the six, like the last three generations of the Apple Watch have like, I know there's changes, but they're just so, they're so minor and they're so minimal. They add like a new sensor, they reduce the bezels like a little bit. It's, it's really just reached this like era of maturity as a product category where we're not seeing exciting updates anymore. Does this put any pressure on Apple at all to like change up its strategy with the Apple Watch? I really don't think so for a couple of reasons. First no. and foremost, what? I just saying no, because that's oh, what okay. I want to see. Like I want to. I want to see innovation. Work. I want to see like Apple do different things with with their smartwatch, and there's just no reason for them to do that. The biggest because, issue is oh, that no the Pixel, the Pixel Watch doesn't work with iOS. So even yeah. if the Pixel Watch was the best smartwatch ever made, and it absolutely destroyed the Apple Watch in every category in every comparison, even if that were the case, which it's it's not the case, but if that were the case, it wouldn't matter because you can't use the Pixel Watch with no. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I know there's that angle to it where like an Apple user is not going to go and buy a Pixel Watch. But I guess like I'm thinking I'm thinking more broadly in the industry, right? Like whether like these companies compare their products all the time, even if there's not interoperability between them. So mm -hmm. like Apple's Apple Watch development team, they're looking at what the Pixel Watch is doing, like 100 percent. I believe that. And And if the Pixel Watch like it would have been really hard for Google to do came out of nowhere and like rivaled the Apple watch in terms of like looks performance app ecosystem, all of this stuff. It would have put pressure on Apple's team. I believe anyways, even though you can't use it with an Apple watch, right? Cause they want to be making the best product out there. I, I guess that's where I'm coming at from it. I don't think that's necessarily true either. I, I, I don't think they would need to come out with the best product if nothing else works for your iPhone, like you do, you know, like sure they'll look at they'll look at stuff and maybe they'll steal an idea or two from a watch, but when you know that you've locked someone into your ecosystem, you're kind of like chill, right? You can you can you can come up with these small updates and keep doing it for as long as you want. It's not but like you see that Samsung has Sam, Samsung has had watches that are great are good but it's for google it's no competition it's, it's the same thing you can't use a samsung galaxy watch on a on an iphone right so apple knows that as long as you're not going to switch your phone you're not going to you don't need to um change your watch right i get it but they, they also even, still like take features from each other all the time too with their operating system which right? they still might do yeah let me, let me say this. Um, my second point is that I don't think the Pixel Watch is going to put a lot of pressure on Apple because the Pixel Watch in a lot of ways is playing catch up to the Apple Watch. Okay. Um, and so a lot of what Google has done with Wear OS 3, with the Pixel Watch, and with features like fall detection and emergency OS, SOS is trying to hit feature parity with the Apple Watch. And I think the Pixel Watch and the Apple Watch right now offer mostly the same features with the biggest difference being 
where those features come from. For example, Apple Fitness versus Fitbit, Siri versus Google Assistant, iPhone versus Android, and integrations with their respective smartphones. Um, And so, yeah, the Pixel Watch right now feels very much like a catch-up device where Google is saying, okay, we are now putting out a device that is going to be the Apple Watch equivalent on Android, but it's not necessarily better than the Apple Watch, if that makes sense. Okay. No, that makes sense. That, that's what I was looking for. That's like what I was, the main crux of like what my question was, I guess. Um, and I think it's also important to think about smartwatches um, in the context of where they exist in the market, because the smartwatch is going to be a secondary accessory purchase to whatever smartphone you make. And so I don't think a lot of people are going, I want to buy a smartwatch. So let me decide which smartphone I'm going to buy so that I can get a smartwatch. Like, yeah. like it doesn't start with the smartwatch decision. It starts with the smartphone decision. And then people go, okay, I have the phone that I want and I want a smartwatch that works with it. Which one am I going to get now? And because of that, like there are options out there on both sides, whether you have an iPhone or an Android phone. Yeah. There are some that don't work with each other. Like the pixel watch and the Apple watch are not interoperable with the other operating systems, but there's Fitbit. Fitbit makes smartwatches that work with iPhone. There are feature limitations um, with Fitbit smartwatches. Like I think you can get text and call notifications with Fitbit uh, on your iPhone, but there are limitations compared to what you can do with the Apple watch. Um, And you can't get Siri on your Fitbit, but you can get Amazon Alexa. You used to be able to get Google Assistant, but they killed that on the Sense 2 um, for no good reason, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, there's Garmin watches, which are more niche in terms of their, you know, market and the demographics it's targeted at. Um, but there are, are options out there depending on what you need. So really, I think most people are going to be going, okay, let me pick. Do I want an iPhone? Do I want a Pixel? Do I want a Samsung phone? And that's where it starts. And then once they have that, they go, okay, I want a smartwatch. Do I want you know something that's going to be a companion to my smartphone device that's going to let me answer texts and do calling and, and stuff like that? Do I want a fitness-focused device that's going to let me track my steps? Um or do I want like a super niche device because I'm going to go hiking in the mountains for eight days? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's important to kind of think about it from that context because it's really hard to compare the Pixel Watch and the Apple Watch because they're both very general jack-of-all-trade devices that kind of do a little bit of everything um, that are also like isolated to their specific companion devices. So my last question, and we see this with a lot of first generation hardware, right? Like this device is cool and it's good, but the next one is going to iron out most of the issues. I think one of the prime examples of that for me anyways, was like the first gen pixel. You can like go down the line with like all kinds of devices, even the Apple watch, like the first gen Apple watch was a bit of a mess. The series two really solved most of those problems. And then it's been like, relatively smooth swimming since then for apple with the pixel watch is that the case like is this thing passable it gets the job done but really people should wait for the pixel watch too yeah i think to an extent there there's a lot of stuff that i really like about the pixel watch and i do think that for the right person it is a pretty decent smartwatch. um but i do think it'll be interesting to see where uh google goes from the Pixel Watch, because I, like I said, I, I feel like the Pixel Watch in a lot of ways is playing catch up and kind of establishing a product that is more or less on equal terms with existing smartwatches that you can already go and buy. Um, and uh, as I said in my review, the Pixel Watch, it feels like a jack of all trades, but it doesn't really get everything right. It's got fitness tracking, so it has, you know, a pretty decent or sorry, it's got the Fitbit stuff, so it has a pretty decent fitness tracking option, but there are issues with that. I've seen a lot of people talking about accuracy of the Fitbit tracking compared to other devices, uh, particularly Apple Watch fitness tracking, 
in my own testing, I've been playing around with the Fitbit Sense 2 as I prep for uh, a review of that. And I've noticed a pretty big difference between what I get in terms of like step counts and activity on my Pixel Watch versus what I get from the Fitbit Sense 2 with the Fitbit Sense 2 generally being higher. Um, and I feel a little bit more reflective of my actual activity. Um, but, you know, I think that's something that, you know, will get ironed out as, as things go. Um, I think Google has a really good hardware setup and design uh, to start with, which is going to be important for building a watch foundation because, you know, the Apple Watch has more or less looked the same for years with mostly iterative updates because Apple started with a pretty great watch design and has just improved it to make it better. So I think we've got a pretty solid watch design from Pixel from the Google Pixel Watch here. Um, and I think it's really primed to move and improve in big ways going forwards. Um, but it feels less like a Gen 1 product that wasn't ready. Um, there, are, there are aspects that feel that way, but mostly I find the Pixel Watch feels like a catch-up device rather than okay. a, a Gen 1 product that's missing a bunch of features because it's a Gen 1 product. I feel like I still every like... year... Go ahead, just, I feel like every year Google comes out with Gen 1 products. Like, so, like, like, if we're just basing it on phones, like, every, I feel like every new phone is basically a Gen 1 phone. They're trying, they're starting, they're trying to do something new, except for the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro, right? So, I mean, if Google does what it does with phones, with watches, uh, I mean, maybe they've learned, but maybe the Pixel Watch 2 will have, like, a different design or something, um, which will make it feel like it's catching up all over again, I think. So that's a... Hopefully it doesn't, uh, it doesn't ad adopt the Stadia strategy. I, I, I don't think... Uh, there's or been, like, a lot of conversations. Or... Yeah, Sorry. There, there's been a ton of interviews and questions yeah. directed at various Google executives and staff about whether or not Google is committed to the Pixel Watch. And everything they have said has given me at least some confidence that they are, at least publicly. They have very much promised a commitment to the Pixel Watch. They're thinking about the Pixel Watch in terms of uh, years, not yeah. months or weeks. All I would say to that is they said the exact same thing about Stadia for so yeah, long. Daydream. Even in recent interviews. Yeah. Daydream, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, they did. I do remember interviews about that too. Um, that said, I, I I, do believe them. I don't think that this is like something that they're going to try for like a year or two years and then go away. I think launching like a wearable that's obviously meant to be like the premier Android smartwatch, I think that's that's not something that they could just quietly kill off. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't, I think I do believe that they're committed to it. Yeah. And I'm I, surprised I think with are, the price. Let's, let's get to the price in a minute. There's, there's one okay. more thing I wanted to say um, about this, which is going back to what I said about the smartwatch being like an accessory purchase to the smartphone that you decide you want to get. I do think there are people that are going to think about, the whole package when they're buying a smartphone. And so to have the pixel exist without that smartwatch companion is a knock against it. If somebody is like, I want to yeah, get a smartphone and a smartwatch and they're, that's where they're starting from. Um, so I think that's a factor in considering why Google is doing the pixel watch now and why they're seemingly promising that they're going to stick with it for a long time. Um, I think that also Google has for a long time treated Pixel and before that Nexus devices as kind of the North Star of Android products in that Google does all this stuff with their hardware with the hopes that other Android manufacturers copy or follow along and do kind of what Google's doing, right? They're trying like to like Microsoft was surface products too. That yeah. was like, at least the initial goal of surface products was like this North star. Here's the example, take what we're mm -hmm. doing and, and build on it. And, you know, whether or not that's a successful kind of goal uh, is, you know, up for debate. 
but I think that there is a similar uh, thought process behind the Pixel Watch in terms of it exists so that Google has a platform to play with and develop Wear OS into a better wearable operating system. Um, so whether or not the Pixel Watch succeeds, whether or not it's a huge seller, it's going to help Google make Wear OS better, which is in turn going to help Android manufacturers make better smartwatches to go with their devices. And then also there was, uh, I think um, Nitta wrote about this, there was the information piece that came out yesterday where it basically talked about how Google is putting a huge focus on its internal hardware, or yeah. not internal, just on its hardware. Um, because of regulatory pressure, there's you know pressure on Google as the kind of overseer of Android and stuff like that. Um, and Google views hardware as a sort of way around some of that regulatory pressure where they can still have like a very Google experience as the default, the de facto on a smartphone. And they seem to be putting a lot of focus on their hardware and wanting to push that segment uh, as a way to kind of navigate around some of the regulatory pressure on Android as a whole and Google as default. Um, in a lot of software. Dean, you mentioned you were surprised about the price. Yeah, I thought it'd be more affordable. Uh, I think it's four forty nine um, in Canada uh, with just yeah. Wi Fi, and then it, with blue, yeah, exactly. with uh, with Bluetooth and LTE, it's five twenty nine. Uh, I thought it. Would, I thought we'd be seeing Pixel the Pixel Watch for at most three something three twenty nine three forty nine. But I'm surprised that it's it's near in the price or it's in the range of the Galaxy Watch and the the, the Apple Watch. So to, I yeah I looked at this a lot when I was uh, working on the Pixel Watch review because I I started from a similar um, perspective. I was like four forty nine feels like a lot, and then five twenty nine if you want the cellular version. And it seems really expensive expensive to me. But when I started doing the comparisons most of the Galaxy Watch 5 models are either a little bit cheaper or about the same in terms of price. It's like a very similar field um, with the ones being cheaper being the smaller size, the I mm -hmm. think 41 millimeter uh, Wi-Fi variants. Um, but generally there's not a huge difference in terms of price compared to the Gal Galaxy Watch 5. Um, in terms of the Pixel Watch being cheaper, the other thing you have to keep in mind is Google owns Fitbit and Fitbit has a whole bunch of devices which cap out uh, with the Sense 2 at 399. So with that, that in mind, sense. you have the Fitbit Sense 2 smartwatch at 399. Pixel Watch is $50 more with arguably a more refined smartwatch experience, better, you know, apps, better texting from your wrist, better phone calls from your wrist, Google Assistant now because they removed that feature from the Fitbit smartwatches um, and stuff like that. And then on the Apple comparison side, the Apple Watch starts at 529 for the Wi-Fi mm -hmm. version, which is the same price as the Google Watch um, cellular. LTE vision, yeah. Uh, and I don't remember what the cellular price is for the Apple Watch. Pat might be able to chime in with that, but I think it's, I think it's six, six something. something. Yeah. I have Apple's uh, website open right now, as I always do at all times of the day. Um, so I will be able to tell you as soon as I click through. So and, if you're buying the tiny one, the 41 millimeter, GPS plus cellular starts at 659. And if I remember correctly, that's for the aluminum as well. Yeah, the uh, whereas the Pixel Watch is made out of stainless steel. And if you want the stainless steel Apple Watch, it's even more expensive. Yep. That said, Apple does have the Apple Watch SE, which is a lot cheaper. Um, no always on screen, though. No always on screen. But if you want to use always on screen on the Pixel Watch, then you're going to charge it a lot. <laughs> Just leave a plug in <laughs> um, So as far as the price goes, I think it's... Could it be cheaper? Yeah. Sure, but you put it, it in a good perspective. Yeah, when you yeah. think about what's available out there, it's good to know. I would still argue that the Galaxy Watch Five is a better value option um, because, in terms of features, it's more or less on par with the Pixel Watch. 
the biggest difference being that the Galaxy Watch runs Samsung's fitness suite instead of Fitbit. So unless you're really, really big on having Fitbit-based tracking, you can get more or less the same smartwatch experience from the Galaxy Watch with better battery life for less money. It also runs watchOS 3.5 as well. I checked. I have it on my wrist. So I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. We've covered all all the devices, some of the pros and cons. Um, you've made me more interested in the Pixel Watch. Like I, Can, I think. Go ahead. I was, no, go. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say, like, I'm I'm thinking of getting my hands on one. I have. Uh, I would like to produce a piece of content that I have in mind surrounding the Pixel Watch. Now, the the more that I've learned about it during this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really interesting to see something from you about that because you've been using the Apple Watch for such a long time, and I would I think that would be a really interesting perspective um, to bring to this. Yeah, since launch, use the first gen one, so it's one of the only like new tech product categories that like I've been around since the beginning, and like even before the Apple Watch, like I I, I was using a Pebble and I used a Moto three hundred and sixty. I used the Moto three hundred and sixty after getting the Apple Watch too, so. I've been uh, been in the smartwatch game a while, um, so that w- that would be cool to do a direct kind of head. I loved the Moto three hundred and sixty. I thought it was such I loved a cool it too. Watch. I even have the like one that was made by some sort of like smaller. <laughs> yeah, Canadian the fake company. one. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like I never, I never got around to producing a piece of content about it because it was just the same watch. There was like nothing different about it. Um, but yeah, I, I even got that one sitting around somewhere. So. Um, can I ask a question while we wrap things up? Uh, yep. Anything you guys are excited for next year from Google? The tablet. I want to see the tablet. I want the tablet to be the new Nexus tablet. The Pixel tablet, to be clear, is what we're talking about. I want that to be the new Nexus tablet. I am, yeah, I'm really excited about the tablet. I am curious to see what Google does with the Pixel 7a. I This is based on pure speculation, no rumors to back this up at all. But I really, really think that Google is going to stick with Tensor Gen 1 in the A series to further differentiate it from the 7. I agree with that, actually. I, I, I think they will do that. It's kind of what Apple did this year, right? With the 14 versus the 14 Pro. Yeah. Uh, yep. so, and yeah, they're supposedly going to be doing more of it next year, too. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm excited. Oh, go. I was just going to say, having the same chip in the A-series as what's in the flagship series just gives the A-series way too much value, in my opinion. Yeah, so. it does, yeah. Yeah, it will probably have the same chip, but do you think they'll add the 50 megapixel camera, or do you think they'll stick with the 12 from the iPhone, from the Pixel 5? I think they'll stick with the 12. I don't see them bumping the camera performance up okay. at least from a hardware perspective like that so if that's the case what would be the difference between the 7a and the 6a there wouldn't be maybe a oh, bigger okay. battery <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> maybe they maybe they might bump the screen up to 90 hertz i know people have been complaining about that for a I long time i can see that happening and most yeah, most samsung too. phones in the same price range are at least 90 hertz so they're 120 even better uh i am excited for a foldable because uh, one day it will happen. Uh, I, I'm shaking no, my head. I don't believe it'll, it. It'll come with the Pixel Ultra. Yeah. No, shut up, guys. No, it will come. It's a two-in-one I, package. You you have to buy the Pixel Ultra and the Pixel Foldable at the same time. I, uh, it'll be like I that was... LG Foldable where you have to connect the second screen with like a case. Ah! <laughs> That'd be sick. I reviewed those foldables. Oh, I know you did. Um, but... <laughs> no, but I... Uh... I I was I did a rumor about it last week I think about I think and it's supposed to come it's supposed to we'll see it Google I O I think they'll tease it this year at Google I O they tease the Pixel tablet and this year I think they'll tease the uh, Pixel foldable yeah I could see series on it's a bold they'll, prediction they'll show it off they'll be like Pixel yeah, fold coming twenty twenty eight it's a bold prediction and I'm gonna hold you to it. Um, but yeah, let, let's wrap this up. We're, we're way over. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Uh, Dean, where can people find you? You can find me on mobilesyrup.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Daily Dose. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. 
and on Twitter at the Daily Dean. Okay, cool. And John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J O N underscore L A M O N T. Uh, no H as always. And you can also find me on the website mobilesyrup.com where I write about the Pixel Watch and other things. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter at, at mobilesyrup and also on Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.